don't funk with racism. We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community. And baby, we damn sure don't funk with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen, baby. You see this tape? You don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white? It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Morgan Gray, and welcome back to the Afrocentric Podcast. Today, I'm recording along, and me recording along is what I'm going to be referring to as my freestyle. So today, I'm going to be freestyling, so let's get into it. Malcolm X once said, the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the media to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the media. The media has the power to influence minds, ideas, behaviors, and the attitudes of the masses. With the media's ability to change the perception of how people view things, it is clear that it has become weaponized and has the ability to ultimately control the minds of the masses. With the case of the Black community, the media often portrays negative stigmas and lacks proper diverse representation. So in this episode, we will be analyzing Malcolm X words, the ideology that follows suits, as well as stressing the importance of proper and diverse representation of Black people in the media, as well as providing examples of poor and proper representation in modern media. So get ready to freestyle with me. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start here at Malcolm X's quote. The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. And I know that you're asking me, Morgan, why would Malcolm X say such a thing? I want to point out two things. This statement is important because it urges listeners not to blindly follow suit. And it also is important because the media often creates false narratives about specific groups of people in society. So media corporations oftentimes have agendas and not of them, not all of them exist to inform the public about what is going on around them and around the world. Right. So oftentimes when we are watching the media, oftentimes they're putting things in our faces to influence us. And, and oftentimes we never even really notice it. So I have two great examples for you guys. And it's the CNN versus Fox News example. So CNN, CNN is definitely a left leaning 
news um news source so when i say left-leaning that means it's mostly democrats it's for mostly black people liberal people people that lean left but they are not affiliated in a way with any political party so even though they lean left that does not mean that they properly support the democratic party okay typically most of their material other than talking and being a talking head of opinions is often fact checked before presentation and that's something that we oftentimes have to keep in mind when we are consuming media is the material that this media company giving me is it fact checked is it real or is it misinformation especially in this day and time so opposing cnn is going to be fox news so in opposition to CNN, Fox News is a proper propaganda wing of the Republican Party. Now we're going to stop there. Now, remember when we said that CNN is not affiliated with any political party? That, that is one of the big differences between CNN and Fox. Fox is a propaganda wing of the Republican Party, and it is, for the most part, not news. It's just entertainment. So what Fox is doing is purely feeding bullshit to their viewers they just seep in it and there are a number of journalists on their staff but their um accurability or the whether or not that they're like professional journalists professor professional anchors is oftentimes questionable and we see that every day um they gave candace owens her own show like what credibility does Candace Owens really have to have her own show? And we see this time and time again. So oftentimes they cover scandals in both the Republican and the Democratic Party um, with whitewashed media. And they oftentimes exaggerate or we would say hyperbolize a lot of the things that they are casting on their news project um, projects. So um, not only is it whitewashed, it's exaggerated. And oftentimes they're in denial. And we, we are currently seeing this with CNN, whether or not when, when Trump lost the last election, not only was Trump in denial, but CNN was in, Fox News was in denial too. And that that is what a lot of Republicans are feeding into. So when you are scrolling through social media and you see um, different types of headlines or you're seeing different types of articles and news clippings, you need to be asking yourself, is the stuff that I'm consuming credible or is it something just to get my attention or is it trying to influence me? What is this information that that I'm feeding into, how is it affecting me and influencing me? That's why it's important to do your own research and listen to reliable sources. Never just trust one news source or one journal because everyone has their own biases. Always look more at one of the source. Always look at more than one source and always think about the story or the event critically. Do not always be easily influenced or believe the narratives depicted in movies or in shows. And I know that these shows are oftentimes fiction and it's common sense not to believe them but some people do so that's why I wanted to take the time and stress this topic like a lot of news sources or movies and shows producers have their own agendas and they have their own biases so just be critical and think about things before you start accepting worldviews um yeah so we're going to move right along into the next topic 
Oftentimes, these groups of people are the people that are shown on brochures, website covers, on social media platforms, and slideshows. You see this example with the university. Now, how many times do you see our niggas on, on the front of the Mississippi State website? Never. No. What do you see? You see the Negroes with the khaki shorts on and the Sperrys and the loafers and they are a little ashy. You know why? Because they're science nerds. They make they make people feel more comfortable. So they put them up front. You are the token Negro at this point. And although these forms of representation are needed, they fail to reflect the marginalized Black people, okay? These are all forms of Black representation of the media, but they fail to reflect the Black people that are marginalized. They are, and I, I need you guys to understand that there are communities within communities. Within the Black communities, there are smaller subsections of communities, and this term is referred to as intersectionality. So intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, gender as they apply to a given individual or group regarded as creating overlapping and independent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. Okay, so let me break this down to you. So we all understand that in America, there is a racial hierarchy. Okay, so at the top of the racial hierarchy is going to be the white male, straight, cisgendered white male. So the more nuanced or more complex a person is, the deeper they get into intersectionality. So for example, I am a plus-sized black woman. Um, I'm straight. Um these are, and I, I would, I struggle with mental illness, so that falls under disability. Um, so you can see where, although I'm black, I have all these different intersections that make me more and more of a minority. So a person who is at a higher point of the racial hierarchy, so a white, heterosexual, cisgendered male he wouldn't have too many problems going around and um, he would have a lot of problems trying to relate to people, but as well as being accepted or getting better jobs, he wouldn't have too much of a problem with it. But let's take, for example, someone who is maybe dark skinned, a woman plus size, maybe she's um, a lesbian, maybe she's Jewish. Those things are the interconnections between race class and gender as well as maybe maybe she's in a wheelchair maybe you know there's disability so that's those are the interweavings of intersectionality so on the other hand these white people that are represented they often don't really fall deeply on that intersectionality chart and they these are the group of black people that make white people feel comfortable but they don't reflect the diversity and or the complexities within the black community and what we want we want these different diversities we we want people who are different to be represented so that we all can be accepted 
On the other hand, the social media and media outlets such as the news purposely portray Black life negatively. All right, you guys. So this is one point that I definitely want to make clear. There is a lack of proper and diverse representation of Black people in the media. Okay? And when I say a lack of proper and diverse representation, I want to place an emphasis on the fact that oftentimes when Black people are showed or portrayed in the media, it's in a very negative light. And I think that this is something that we should be pushing more because that has a negative effect on us. It has a negative effect of how people treat us as a whole, as well as individually. It affects our day-to-day lives, whether someone decides to acknowledge it or not. So I know you're asking me, girl, what is representation? Representation, my dear friend, is the act of speaking on someone's behalf or depicting or portraying something. Okay, so that is what representation is. So I want to give you guys an example of representation in the media. And I want to give you you guys an example of why it's important for us to have proper representation as well as black people doing behind the scenes work. So Jennifer Hudson, we know Jennifer Hudson. She was famous because she was on American Idol and she was in Dreamgirls. We remember Big Effie. You gonna love me. That what Big Effie said. Her man ain't going nowhere. And I, I love that. I love that energy. So Big Effie was in Sex in the City. And she was in Sex in the City as um, Carrie Bradshaw, which is the main character's assistant, Louise. And this character was from St. Louis. And I wanted to bring this episode to you because Jennifer Hudson was the first major Black female character in the show's 10 years history. So this show is notorious. It is so famous in the white communities. They love Sex in the City. They love the shows. They love of the movies so throughout 10 years they never once had any black woman whatsoever on this show that was important so then they put jennifer hudson who was so so pivotal to the black community in the spotlight and when i watched it i was very disappointed in the way that they had her character casted into the show now this is something where you have the opportunity to do something great but you feel like literally they had one job and they flopped on that ass so jennifer hudson i will i'll just read the quote from you guys Uh, Refinery29 states, even Jennifer Hudson, the first black woman to play a major character when she appeared as Carrie's personal assistant Louise in 2008 Sex in the City film, was an underwhelming character that flew a little close to Hollywood's magical Negro tropes. Her sole purpose was to fix Carrie's life after heartbreak, and audience learned very little about Louise outside of that. And now the SATC reveal, and just like that, on HBCO Max is an overcorrection for its past and much too late attempt at inclusion. As a Black woman watching Sex in the City, I could already tell this show would never treat Black women as fully realized characters, complex, nuanced, and valuable. And when I say it was ridiculous if i like it the timeline really didn't make sense because um 
Jennifer, she was there. She was just like this country bumpkin and she had never been outside of St. Louis and she just, she looked like a mammy. It was like, it was pitiful and she had never had a, a designer purse and, you know, Carrie, she's giving Carrie like all this advice on what to do with her life and how to improve it and Carrie's just sucking it in and living her best life with the advice of a black woman and then you know she does nothing but buys her a purse and this lady is slaving away at her expense so I just it really had the opportunity to be so great but it didn't and it took that way it took that opportunity away from black women and it was so disappointing so oftentimes in white spaces the same type of black people represent the black community through media let me give you a few examples. In many cases, these people have assimilated to whiteness. So the black people that are represented for the black community through media are have assimilated to whiteness or they have they have the need to try to have close proximity to whiteness. They are the black people that make white people feel comfortable and they often conform by censoring European ideology, morality, religion and standards into their life and while doing that they are also rejecting their own black identity, communities and heritage. They are the token black people these are the peoples that fly a little bit too close to the sun they are often the only or one of a few black people in these white spaces and they're very agreeable and mild-mannered okay so another perspective can be seen through classism. Many African-Americans that are blessed to be born in middle or upper class families oftentimes assimilate to whiteness. And this is the result of respectability politics. Nonetheless, because this class has more access to resources like money, they are placed in situations where they are forced to assimilate. The truth is white people feel more inclined to help or associate Black people that look more like them, those who speak like them, those who have similar straight hairstyles, those who are slim, though anybody who, who does not fit inside of this mold, they're not going to feel the overwhelming need to help them, okay? And we can see this with the HOA, the Homeowners Association. So if you are... On the other hand, the social media and the media outlets, such as the news, portray Black life negatively. The news often takes advantage of Black people who are homeless, mentally ill, or just plain stupid as a way to boost views and analytics. Social media platforms often push the narrative of the satire or the angry Black woman, and movies often reduce Black characters into sidekicks. Spike Lee coined a term called the Magical Negro. In the cinema of the United States, the Magical Negro is a supporting stock character who comes to the aid of white protagonists in films. Magical Negro characters who often possess special insight or mystical powers have long been traditioned in American fiction. The point of the matter is we need to broaden the scope of what is considered acceptable within the black community so the marginalized groups can be presented properly to the world.
There's a false narrative that is pushed through the media to portray that the lives of those who live under the poverty line are unimportant. And we can see this through the death of George Floyd. Now, many of you will remember that many people on social media argued that because George Floyd was a drug addict and a gambler, the use of excessive force was justifiable. But when we say that Black Lives Matter, that includes all black lives that means the lives of the black gamblers the lives of the black drug addicts the lives of the black prostitutes okay all black lives it does not matter what he was doing there is no justification for his death and many black people fail to realize that it isn't until the lowest marginalized communities are liberated then we will be liberated. That's why it makes absolutely no sense for us as Black people to down gay communities or down disabled communities. It does not help whatsoever. The attempt to try to oppress lesbian or gay, queer, trans Black people does nothing but hurt you because until those marginalized groups of people are fully liberated, they are fully giving their full extent of rights within government policy, we won't be liberated as a whole. With that leads us to this point. This is why proper representation in the media is so important. It cultivates the way that the world sees the Black community. Once our marginalized communities are normalized outside of the Black community, then we will be one step closer to full liberation. One thing that I definitely wanted to bring to you guys' attention are some good and bad examples of modern diverse representation in the media. So the first person I definitely wanted to talk about was Mona Scott and her creation of love and hip hop and being a black millennial Gen Zer. Um, I'm pretty sure all black people know what love and hip hop is and is aware of why it is so problematic. So I don't really want to focus on that perspective. Now, interestingly enough, I did read a very interesting article called Love and Hip Hop, the Modern, the Modern Black Minstrel Show by the College of Charleston. And if you would like the link, hit me up and I can send it to you. But it essentially compares love and hip hop to black minstrel shows and for those ignorant negroes in the back who are asking me Morgan what were black minstrel shows well look no further I have the answers so black minstrelsy was the first indigenous African American form of entertainment based on the cultures of black slaves and featured white actors costumed exaggerating features distinct to African Americans so oftentimes white people this was during I want to say the 1800s um, for entertainment, what they would do is white people would dress up, they would costume and they would put on bright red lips 
and paint on black faces and they would put on matted, matted dirty wigs and that's where a lot of stereotypes come from is from menstruacies like the idea of Jim Crow or the idea of Zip Coon so Jim Crow is the caricature or the exaggerated depiction of an old very broke poor ignorant black slave hand or field hand and zip coon is a depiction of a very snazzy well-dressed black person so the zip coon is depicted as a northern jazzy well-dressed black man who dressed uh very extravagantly and was a city slicker he loved the women so these are characters that are often depicted and are derivative from um, minstrelsy so black minstrelsy was created in late 1820s when thomas dartmouth rice did a performing a performance mocking a crippled slave dancing and his performance gave birth to a new form of entertainment that would last well into the 20th century newsflash we are in the 20th century so you have to understand that although this form of racism is not brand new it has been modernized so vh1 has created a black minstrel show with this hit series love and hip-hop love and hip-hop reintroduces the stereotypes and theatrical style of minstrel shows to modern society and this show has turned the jezebel into the whore the sapphire into the angry black woman and the brutes into the pimp while these stereotypes might represent a small proportion of the African-American community, they do not represent the whole community. The danger of this show is how it allows a singular narrative to speak for the whole population. So the point that I'm trying to get to is that I'm not for the cancellation of love and hip hop. And it, I think it's, I think I'm thinking too small, you know, sometimes bitch, you gotta think big. The franchise is simply too lucrative for VH1 to pull, but I'm arguing that reality-based program shows meet the full spectrum of black culture. Let me say that again. I am arguing for reality-based programming to create shows that depict the full spectrum of black culture so what am i saying when i'm what do i mean when i'm saying this i'm saying that reality television needs the balance that sitcoms had back in the day we have gravitated away from watching sitcoms we like drama we like action we like suspense we like horror but you have to understand that shows like good times Family Matters, The Cosby Show, they helped the public sympathize with the plights of Black America, okay? And then you have shows like The Cosby Show who give us representation to the higher and middle class Black people in America. Also, The Jeffersons is another example of higher um 
more educated, highly more successful black people. But right now, what I want to talk about on my, my platform is ratchet representation. And it is a term that I have created because I feel like people who are considered ratchet or dangerous or thugs, they also need to be represented and they need to be highlighted. Why? Because their lives matter and they need representation too. So the first example of ratchet representation in modern media would be the City Girls as well as JT's, not JT, Carisha's um, spinoff show, Carisha Please. There's a podcast on YouTube and it comes from Diddy. So I, I really like the City Girls. I like what they stand for, especially myself as a Black woman. Um, I don't really listen to female rap and female artistry within the Black community, but it doesn't mean that I cannot appreciate the work that they do as well as the message that they push out. And overall, the City Girls promote entrepreneurship. They promote independence. It's not. It might not be put the way that you want to hear it, but they are smart, independent women, especially JT. Um, if you watch the episode with um, on Carisha, please, she interviewed um, JT and Saucy Santana, and you can see how much work she puts into her artistry, how much it means to her, how creative she is, or you can see her entrepreneurship skills in a way that you would not expect from that demographic of black women and i feel like more television needs to be created that shows the business savviness as well as the the struggle behind the black woman in a positive light and i think that's what the city girls too do um another example would be mom love and she comes from the don't call me white girl show and most of us know her from um her she has several viral videos where, um, you know, she's making fun of crazy stuff. And she's like, you know, one hand on the frontal, one hand on the neck. You know, why you why you acting like that? Yeah, there's Mona. So I watch her podcast religiously. And in fact, I want to say that her podcast inspired me in so many ways to create my own podcast. And the reason why I feel like more Black women like Mona need to be represented is because Mona is a former inmate and she is also a, what is it? <laughs> she also, she's a, she's like a criminal criminal. She can't vote. I can't remember what the name of it is, but especially like less than 30, 40, 50 years ago in the 1970s, black women with a criminal record. She's a felon. There we go. She has her, she has a felony. She got a felony like before she turned 20. So like black women, they, those, the group of black women that have felonies but are successful, they are not advertised. They're not shown to like white America or America or different groups and dynamics and they don't get enough representation for the good work that she does do. And I think that her podcast is so um, powerful. There's an end segment called The Dark Side of the DMs where, especially you'll see in the um, older episodes where Mona gets several DMs from several Black women who are, because her demographic are the baby mamas, 
the hustlers, the the truck drivers, the drug dealers, the prostitutes, like that. That's her demographic, and they 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 reach out to her for help. Like um, these women be in abusive relationships. These women be having STDs, these infections, and they feel comfortable enough reaching out to her. And there are not enough demographics of women that have that type of appeal where women who are less educated than them feel or want to be able to reach out and we need more we need more representation because we need more people to advocate for those groups of people so i want y'all to keep in mind these ideas and these topics that you know you might be more educated than someone you might have more money than someone but they still need to be represented just so that they can get to the level in which you are because we again we will never be fully represented we will never get full liberty or emancipation until everyone is given their full amount of rights so be mindful when you are consuming media so obviously i would not bring you guys a problem without bringing you a solution and I know right now you're asking me, Morgan, what is the solution? So here it is. Number one, advocate for proper representation for the following marginalized groups. We shall be advocating for Black people within the jail system, Black sex workers, members of the LGBTQIA community who are also Black, disabled Black people, Black people who battle with mental illness, single baby mothers with multiple children who are Black, as well as middle class and high class Black people, as well as older Black people, as well as young Black children. Okay, we advocate for everyone, not just the people who make you feel comfortable and not just the outliers of the situation advocate for everyone treat everyone the same and then everyone theoretically should treat us the same secondly create safe places okay create safe places that is dedicated to producing diverse and valuable black media and or displays proper and diverse representation okay if we cannot have a seat at the table we are going to have to build our own table. That means that not only advocating, but taking it a step further and actually going above and beyond and creating safe places or at least making them feel these diverse and marginalized communities feel comfortable enough to be able to share their views and opinions because although they're different from you, they're, they're still valuable. And that's the point I'm trying to push. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real niggas. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. All right, you guys. So now it's time for my favorite segment called the Big Black Shout Out. <laughs> All right.
right. So the big, the big black shout out is an opportunity to help let, to help circulate the black dollar back into our communities and for audience members to explore black owned hidden gems. So today I'm going to do something different um, just because um, I'm going to place emphasis on the hidden gems portion of that statement. Yesterday I was given the opportunity to have a conversation with the Freedom Rider. And for those who don't know, Freedom Riders were civil rights activists who rode interstate buses into segregated Southern United States in 1961 and subsequent years to challenge the non-enforcement of the United States Supreme Court. So the Freedom Rider that I met was named Hezekiah Watkins. Mr. Watkins was a civil rights activist from Mississippi who became the youngest Freedom Rider nearly 60 years ago and almost lost his life in the pursuit of equality. Hezekiah Watkins, who is now 63 years old, challenged racial laws in Jackson, Mississippi by refusing to abide the laws designating the seating on a Greyhound bus that was segregated by race. He currently spends his days working at the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum, and he's not just an employee. He is a living, breathing part of history. So I hope you guys take the opportunity to listen to this very interesting conversation that I had with Mr. Hezekiah yesterday. Um, it was so informing. He was telling me about the different civil rights leaders that he met during his journey. He met Ella Baker as well as James Baldwin as well as so many different leaders and his story is so touching and interesting. So shout out to you Mr. Hezekiah you know, you're doing your thug basil at the ripe young age of 73, you nasty dog, you know. So I just want to bring more attention to the people who did the work and paved the foundation who are still here because so many of our leaders were systematically killed. They were systematically taken out by different sources, the FBI, you know, a lot of jealous people, a lot of racist people. So let's take the time to congratulate and honor the legacy that Mr. Hezekiah Watkins has left for us. I hope you guys enjoy. There are local individuals on this wall. When I said local, they were Jacksonians are from uh, nearby uh, cities or counties. But the real freedom riders are up here that you would see here. A lot of folks miss those. They are. I mean, but you're both, you're the real, they're the real freedom riders, but y'all still did the same word. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, think that's I was just in Jackson and they came into Jackson. Were you around, mm -hmm. around the time where they did the, uh, the kids movement in Alabama and Salem? Uh, I'm the quite children sure. crusades. I'm quite sure I were, but I did not go to Alabama. But I'm sure during that time period, uh, I was around, not active within the movement during that time. So if you got arrested, did they ever like clear any of the... Uh, All of our uh, record was expunged uh, by the state. Did you sue the state? Did anybody, did you sue the state? Yes, it's amazing. You asked that question that we was just talking about, because the lady there is a retired attorney. Uh -huh. And I was telling her no, and 
probably now the the time has escaped me and others that whereas there's probably not you know what they call it limitation. Statute of limitations. Yeah, Wouldn't so, that go more against you than the state itself? Uh, one would think it would lose I cheer I was talking about that since I was so young. I was thirteen. Yeah. So it might be a situation that whereas I still could raise that issue, but it would have to be in federal court. How do you get it from like local court to federal court? Like how do how does one get to that process? It depends on what type of good question, ma'am. Because I was asking her the same thing. Uh, it depends on what type of lawsuit um, is filed. Um, in terms of my saying that the city or state did something to me, so my thing would be against the state because I was taken to. You ever heard of Parchment Prison? Yeah. I was taken to Parchment Prison. At 13? 13. That's and put crazy. on death row. That's crazy. And put on death row. Um, being from a little country town like Jackson, mm -hmm. it was country then that, during that time. Um, I didn't know it. I never heard those two words, death row. But here I am on death row in a cell. Um, this is the one of the death row hallways in Parchment, Sunflower County. And I was there with regular inmates who was who had committed murder or some serious crime that um, put them on death row. Did they have a social code for you guys when y'all went in there? Like, did they have an understanding that they shouldn't bother you? No, ma'am. I was molested, okay? And that would just put it to rest. Um, and that was the most horrifying. Um, I was arrested 109 times in the state of Mississippi. But the most horrifying time for me was when I was in Parchment Prison. And all of my arrests uh, that I did, I could do them right now as we speak, mm -hmm. except for going there, the first one. It was uh, a situation that I'll never forget. I understand. Uh, that's with me today. Um, and like I said, it was horrifying. There's other words that I can add to that, but I don't want to. <laughs> Because it kind of brings back those memories. Exactly. Man. I understand mm -hmm. that trauma. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Uh, I don't. I don't know. That's just crazy. It's crap to me. It's also crazy that I don't feel like local history like that is taught. Like most people focus on the freedom fighter, the freedom fighters, but I've never heard of any of these. This mm -hmm. um, wasn't like a local things. Uh, when I said local, right here in Jackson. That happened to, I guess you could say, basically all of us. Uh, all of us have a different story because the same thing did not happen to the next person or the person over here. All of us somewhat different. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. So, like, what was the, were there any like positive results or any outcomes? Like, did y'all like create any like? Oh yes, ma'am. A lot of them. Uh, you, number one, you at Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, in 61, there was no blacks in Mississippi State. So all of those doors was open. You don't have different water fountains that red blacks, not red colored. 
and then they ran white. That some Bible is right there that was torn down. You don't have all these separate water fountains. You don't have these separate lunch counters. Uh, you don't have to go to the back of the bus uh, to sit. You can, you can choose your own college or university. So you, you worked in SNCC and you worked in CORE. Did you ever meet like uh, Ella Baker when she was in Mississippi? I met her several times, yeah. The ride was a good ride. It was a journey, I call it. Uh, not only that, uh, I met individuals uh, back during that time, but I did not realize the magnitude of where they were. Exactly, like this guy named James Baldwin. Oh my God! Uh, he came and came here and took me back to New York with him. Uh, but I did not know. I just knew it was a funny talking brother who looked funny. <laughs> okay, and I'm being being real real. I know you are. Um, went to New York and he had a, an apartment that was in a hotel. Yeah. Never seen anything like that before. Here I am. Oh, he's in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hack, I mm -hmm. have a group of people who Springboarded from there, uh, I went on to be arrested a hundred and not, actually a hundred and eight after my initial arrest total equal to 109 and I'm very proud to stand here and tell you ladies that because when you look up at those Freedom Riders and you look at the ones over there where my mugshot is 95% uh, of them are dead Yes, mm -hmm. and they are not here to tell their story and I'm here to tell the folks about the things that they was able to do that I was able to do and I tell folks, you know, I'm living, walking history. Yes. That you don't you get that opportunity to meet. And I, I, I suggest any questions you all might have, you know, I would try to entertain all of them if I can. If I don't have the answers, I promise you I will get them for you. We just have to take advantage of what is given to us today, not just here, but at your school and other places. There's a lot of things out there we are not taking advantage of that been put before you guys. And no one put those things before us. But we was able to go out and I'm gonna say pave the way. Mm -hmm. We were able to pave the way for you all. And you all must continue on that way that was paved for you. Wow, that is powerful. And <laughs> I was just having this conversation with Jeremy. Um, we were over there uh, watching um, the, uh, the, the the video about lynching. And I know they were using the without lynching, without sanctuary um, exhibit. And so I was telling them I had to teach, a, um, I had to give a, a, when I was TAing for one of the professors, she was teaching um, early U.S. history at the time. And so I was leading the discussion section. And so I had to give them a crash course on lynching because they were like, what's lynching? And I was just like, what lynching is? Like, I would think this Emmett Till, Mississippi. Mississippi, they don't teach you about, so I have to give them a crash course on lynching. I have to, you know, I think it's, I, you bring up a good point about knowing all of this stuff because you just, it's, it's, it's disheartening seeing students come in. Mm -hmm. You have to explain to them lynching. You 
you have to tell them like no what you learned is wrong what you learned is wrong you have to show them this is the mississippi declaration of succession that says slavery all of this happened the civil war all of that was slavery don't let them tell you states rights don't let them tell you taxes tell it was slavery yes so thank you miss bam i'm gonna let you go because i know you do have um some other people you need to meet with, but I want to tell you thank you for taking the yes, time out talking yes, to me, and I will be reaching out to you. Okay, please do. My please name is Morgan. Morgan. Morgan Gray. Okay, that's great. Sounds great. Nice yeah. to meet you. The pleasure was mine. Y'all enjoy. It. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed. Those I know of and those I don't know of, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray unto you, Is that really you, necessary? All right, you guys. Now it's time for the, the final part of the episode. And I know that your spirit's low because it feels like... God is not here, but I'm here to remind you that God has not forgotten about you. No, he's not. In fact, he's, uh, as R. Kelly said, he's still answering the sinner's prayer, you know. You know, whether or not, you know, I will, I just need that thing right there. So, today, I just wanted to pray for the people who are delusional in spirit. In fact, these groups of people are the people that use their zodiac signs as their personality. I rebuke this spirit of delusion off your back, baby. You using being a Libra as a justification as to why you are so cocky and all the men love you is not a personality trait, baby. You, you, Gemini's, okay? Y'all is not just two-faced when the sun is up. That really is just your personality. I need y'all to stop blaming. Stop blaming your negative flaws on your zodiac signs. The zodiac signs ain't even real, but we'll get into that later. All right. Now, the next person that I wanted to pray for today was Ashley Biden. And for those who do not know who Ashley Biden is, she is the daughter of the president, Big Daddy Jojo Beanbag Biden. So, why are we praying for this white woman, Morgan? Well, I tell you the truth. They just found Ashley Biden's diary. And there is some very, very disturbing and graphic information that they found of her. Now, for those who do not know, Ashley Biden is is a veteran. And she also, like her brother, Hunter Biden, has a narcotic abuse problem, trigger warning. So as she is doodling and drawing in her journal dear lord she records different accounts of her bathing with her father big daddy joe biden uh, bush, i rebuke that i rebuke you demon i see you i rebuke you i cast you out <laughs> where my anointing are yes as well as talking about her graphic use of drugs so you know you know we we are praying for you we are in deep mourning this church is in mourning all right y'all next 
we are going to be praying for none other than Hove, Mr. Jay-Z Sean Carter. Now, we we praying also because he got a spirit of delusion on him. Now, social media is currently dragging our brother um, by his freeform locks. And you see, he was on 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 the music webs telling people that he was Fred Hampton. So they were saying that they was upset because Fred Hampton is a socialist, my dear. And Jay-Z, you are a supreme capitalist. And they said that them freeform locks ain't fooling nobody. And Jay-Z, you need to stop cosplaying as an anti-capitalist. So I'm going to bind this spirit and cast it out. I cast you out. Open the doors of the church. Open them up, baby. You have no home here. Let them loose. You know you spend money. Matter of fact, we heard that Jay-Z is a pedophile. That's right. I said it. Sean Carter is on the pedophile list, so we will be praying on your behalf. You can count on me. I'm going to be on my knees getting it. So, and let me bust it out. Let me say this. This church is in mourning. <laughs> this church is in mourning. Yes, and I'm praying for the salvation of the black and Irish communities. Yes. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, Lizzie Pooh, Big Lizzie, she has gone on to the basement no she is not in the upper room and i know this because y'all personally drag drag queen elizabeth to hell by her precious blood stone diamond and i'm praying on behalf of y'all so <laughs> you bitches is evil. and i love it 10 out of 10 <laughs> so yes if you got anything else that you would like for me to pray for any relationships, any groups of people. Just know that I'm here and I'm fasting and interceding on your behalf, all right? Now, after church, we will be reconvening in the foyer for some nice refreshments, chips, and cookies. I will see y'all there in Jesus' name. All right, you guys, I just want to thank you guys so much for spending the last hour with me today, freestyling, okay? So I just want to leave you with a couple thoughts before we go. Number one, it is so important for us as Black people to broaden the scope of what is considered acceptable within the Black community so that marginalized groups can be presented properly to the world. Secondly, I want to remind you guys and stress the importance of advocating for proper representation for marginalized communities. And lastly, remember the importance of creating and finding safe spaces that, is that are dedicated to producing diverse and valuable Black media or proper displays of diverse representation. 
All right. So I want to thank you so much for being Afrocentric today. Remember that Black Lives Matter. Yep. Okay. Listen and protect Black women. And the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is be Black and die. And let's try not to forget that we are just civilized people having civilized conversations. Ta-ta! <laughs>